Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, Steve Backlin, I interned for Steve 10 years ago, and I, I've been close to him ever since then. He's become a real spiritual father, Jessica and myself. He's been a huge part of our own journey in the Lord and our callings. I feel like I've, he's, God used him to catapult me 10 years in advance, I, I felt, from just the impartation and training he gave us. So if you guys could please give an amazing welcome, Steve Backlund. Yes. Woo. Thank you, Jesse. That's fine. Wow, good to be here tonight. Somebody just say fire. <laughs> Freedom. Breakthrough. No limits. Boy, oh boy. Anybody else appreciate worship tonight? Man, you guys know how to worship here in Indianapolis. There's some radicals in this room, by the way. There's some scary Christians. I mean, there's, yeah, there's some my mom warned me about in this room. What a joy. Thanks. Uh, Jesse and Jessica, thanks for just uh, your leadership in this, and Pastor Randy for Vineyard hosting, and Tony, thank you for, yeah, just what you carry, Dave, and just the whole, the region, and this is a, this is a great region. This is a great region, and they asked the speaker, how come everywhere you go, revival breaks out, and he says, well, I just asked the Lord where the next revival is, and I just go there. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, he, he said in John 4.35, he says, Do you not say four months and then the harvest? Don't you say it's not happening yet? But I say, you look up and see. The fields are white for harvest. It's already happening. I love what you released, Tony. You said it's happening. You had a, and just say it's already happening. And, and, and just a part of just serving the Lord and leadership is, is we don't build a structure and ask God to fill it. We find out what God's doing and building a structure around it. Well, we're not about, hey, you know, God bless our plan. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> now, what, what are you doing, God? What are you doing? Because he said, you say four months in a heart, but I say you look up. By the way, in this meeting, he, he's the glory and lifter of our head. We've already, we've already looked up. We're already seeing more clearly just being in the room. 
and it's, uh, it's, it's happening. It's already happening in your family. It's already happening in you. It's happening in your city. It's happening in the nation. And, and, and I'm, I'm with people, I mean, the Friday night crowd. <laughs> I'm with the Friday night crowd. <laughs> you know, this is the group anything can happen. This, this is the group of possibility thinkers. This is the group that thinks uh, dry bones can live. Yes, that, that's, who, that's who I'm with. Uh, I'm with unreasonably optimistic people. <laughs> Matter of fact, God likes to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. Can you imagine David attacking Goliath today? <clears throat> hey, David, before you attack Goliath, we're just looking on our phones here. <laughs> and, and we're reading what the experts are saying. <laughs> the experts are saying you're, you're being unreasonably optimistic. <laughs> They're saying you shouldn't have such high expectations for your life. They're saying that you should just go back to the fields with the sheep and make it your life gold <laughs> to be able to just pay your bills every month. <laughs> Because what the experts are saying is you're actually going to get killed. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> hey, Ezekiel, before you prophesy to those dry bones, we just want to let you know what the experts are saying. <laughs> the experts are saying... You must not know how dry those bones really are. <laughs> or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They're suggesting you do a deeper study on the bones' dryness. <laughs> so that you'll become more realistic. Because what the experts are saying when you speak to the bones... Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> God hasn't called us to be realistic. He's called us to be supernatural. God hasn't called us to be realistic. He's called us to be supernatural. We, we don't... We don't deny the bones are dry. We just don't get our beliefs from its dryness. We, we, don't, we don't deny it's been hard, but we don't call it hard. Because if we call it hard, that's the stronghold. That's it. That's it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to stop bones from getting dry. <laughs> Government bones... Morality bones, 
church bones, family bones. But ultimately, it doesn't matter how dry they get. What matters is whether I've renewed my mind enough to believe the bones can live. God told Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37, prophesy to the bones. He didn't say, step aside, watch me prophesy. God has to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. And my favorite definition of hope is hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality there is. That our our hope level determines our influence level, and he who has the most hope is the most influence. And, and, I mean, God said, hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And and Ezekiel, he gives the safest answer of all time. Oh, Lord God, you know. (laughs) We're waiting for you. (laughs) Yeah, we're waiting. Four months, and then the bones will live. Now, he... He said, you prophesy. You you tell the bones they've got a future. They've got a good future. It's really what what, what hope is. And and, and just even in this meeting, and the Lord's already, you know, with everything that's happened with COVID, the Lord's already been pulling you out. Out of spiritual caves. Out of disappointment. Out out of... um, uh, you know, fear of getting your hopes up again. He's pulling you out of that. Yeah, I, I think about First Samuel 16 where God, God told a prophet, Samuel, a judge, he's, he, he's, he asked him a question. He says, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? How long? He, Samuel put Saul in as first king. And it did not work out the way he thought it was going to work out. How long are you going to mourn for what didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out? How long? How long are you going to mourn, Steve, for things happening in America that you, you didn't think were going to happen? How long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how long? Now, mourning is a, is a powerful uh, quality it's needed, but we can't make it a lifestyle. And he says, how long? And, and, and he, he told Sammy, I mean, he said, he said, rise up, fill your horn with oil, and go to Jesse's house. Rise up, but just say, I'm rising up. <laughs> say, I'm filling my horn with oil. And I'm moving forward in my assignment. That's what's what's happening. I feel it. It's happening. Just say it's happening. Yeah, I mean, this is a a filling your horn with oil meeting. 
I mean, get Jesse Cup up here, man. Our our horns are overflowing. <laughs> Someone should name their church Overflow. You know that? But we're rising up. Arise and shine for your light has come. There's something happening right now in the body of Christ. Where we're, we're sin abounds, grace abounds much more. There is such a grace that's available right now. It, it, it's here. And, and, and it, it's, it's going to cause us to do what we never thought we could do. It's not by self-effort. It, it, it's him. It's him. And he went to Jesse's house. He rose up, filled his arm with oil, and went to... And, and, and by the way, people in this room, are, the assignments are getting clarified. <laughs> I used to say, Lord, boy, I can't wait, Lord, till I do something great for you. He said, Steve, instead of waiting to do something great for me, why don't you attach great faith to what you're doing now, and it will become great. I'll say that again. Steve, instead of waiting to do something great, why don't you attach great faith to what you're doing now, and it will become great. There, there's a gift of faith that's being released tonight. There's a gift of faith. Double-mindedness, doubt, uh, confusion, uh, feeling less than. It's getting broken off tonight. It's getting broken off. <laughs> I think about Isaiah 6. Or it says, in the year, Isaiah, a young prophet, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. High and lifted up. Uzziah had been a king for 52 years, and it was a good, he was basically brought peace, and it was good. And, and when he died, it was a time of national uncertainty. In the year King Uzziah died, in, the, in a season of national uncertainty, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. He had a life-changing encounter. And we're still talking about him 2,700 years later. We're still talking about him. In a time, what's going to happen? Uzziah died. We're still talking about him. He had an encounter. By the way, people, are. this is a region of encounters. This is the year, 2022 is the year we're seeing the Lord. A coal's going to come off the altar and touch our lips. Woohoo! Something supernatural. <laughs> this isn't about trying harder. This is, this is, this is, it's happening. Whew. My, oh my. We're at, this is, we're, we're at the tail end of a, about a 12-day tour. And started in 
Naperville, Illinois a week ago on Friday, Thursday and Friday, and then went to Valparaiso, Indiana. They got a new church there, new church building in Bethel, Valpo. Then we were at Tri Lakes in Bristol, Doreen. Give a wave, Doreen. Yes, and Donnie, good to see you guys. Had great meetings there last night in cold water, Michigan. And it was cold up there. <laughs> Had a great meeting at Trees Church. And, but we're here. How many know Jesus likes to save the best wine for last? <laughs> so I'm on staff at Bethel Church, been there since 2008, work in the Bethel Leaders Network. Any Bethel Leaders Network people here? Yep. Just uh, it, it's used to be called Global Legacy, and now it's, it's called Bethel Leaders Network. Just a great things are happening there. Uh, and my wife and I, we have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries, and we have that assignment to ignite hope. Look at Wendy. Yeah, look at that dimple. <laughs> I remember when I saw her in a bowling alley, first saw her, saw that dimple. I said, I'm going to make the move. Ha, 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 Neither of us knew the Lord, and God, God put us together. It's just a, a fantastic story, and that's how you can connect with us. And I do a weekly blog and podcast. We have Igniting Hope Academy. We have certified belief trainers, kind of like Sozo. You can do it online with people uh, just uh, helping you with your beliefs, uh, just uh, getting rid of lies and believing truth, and and we are in a. We just started a couple days ago our annual negativity fast and positivity feast. And and I was in a season of heavy food fasts, and I I felt like the Lord said, Steve, your food fasts aren't doing much good. Ha ha. Say, I love your heart. To separate yourself unto me, but the positive of your food fast plus the negative of your general overall pessimism and negativity equals a big zero. (laughs) I got a suggestion. Why don't you want a 40-day negativity fast and see what happens? And really what it is, it's 40 days. You can get a, you get a daily email from me, and uh, it's a lie to fast every day and a truth to feast on. And, and so that, that's exciting, and so you can still jump on board with that. And I've got three third-year students uh, with me. I want you guys to stand up. i got got Vico. Vico, we call it Victor. We call him Vico. Say hi, Vico. We got Rachel, they're married. Say hi, Rachel. And we got Michael. I say hi, Michael. Yep. They're going to help me tonight a little later and looking forward to that. And um, yeah, just, uh, and also, are there any senior pastors and, and spouses in the room who do not have this book, Help I'm a Pastor? I, yeah. Um, yeah, just to, can the team, there's some hand, there's a hand in the back, there's a hand over here. Uh, anybody else? 
got, got a couple over there, and, and I was a senior pastor for 17 years. I, I used to be able, before I became a senior pastor, I used to be able to be critical of senior pastors. Let's laugh at that. Until <laughs> I became one. And I said, okay, I have some things I did not understand. <laughs> okay. And uh, Rachel, here's, a, here's another one. Just find some, two more people to give those to. Yeah. I want. It's a fun book. And I've got a path. The picture uh, is uh, of a pastor hiding behind a pulpit in the front. I want to write a sequel, Help I Have a Pastor. <laughs> yeah, help I have. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk tonight just about, about transformation, about change. How I many you know God's wired us to be able to change? And, and, and it's uh, one, one of my favorite verses right now is Hebrews uh, 10 14, it, it, where it says, and Hebrews is comparing the old covenant of sacrifices with the new covenant of the sacrifice of Jesus. And Hebrews 10 14 says, by one offering, say one offering. By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Woohoo! Is that a good verse? Yeah. By, by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So the moment I receive Jesus and I'm born again, I become perfected forever. Someone say, that's good news. That's good news. I, I, I'm, I'm, when God looks at me, he sees me as he saw Jesus on earth. Because of not what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And when I put my faith in what he's done and not my faith in what I'm doing, that, that's where the, the power is. So I, I'm perfect in, in righteousness the moment I receive Jesus. I, I'm perfect in sound mind. I'm perfect in power and miracles. I'm perfect in protection. And, and a whole host of perfect in blessed, being blessed. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Now, sanctification is the process of getting into our experience who we already are and what we already have. It's mine. I'm not asking God to do something, uh, to, make, to, to bring something outside of me. I'm trying to get what's in me out of me. It really can give a whole different meaning to Philippians chapter 2. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Got to get it out of me. Because I already have it. Just say, I already have it. And so, how do we sanctify? How do we get this sanctification process going? How do we change? How do we increasingly become Christ like? There's a Greek word, it's metamorpho. That appears in the Bible four times. And you can tell right now uh, what, where, what, where you metamorphosis comes from that. So it's in the Bible twice where Jesus was transfigured. So when Jesus was transfigured, he was metamorphosed. By the way, let me put it this way. The moment, you, let's use the caterpillar butterfly example. 
The moment you become born again, you become a butterfly, but you still look like a caterpillar. <laughs> but you're, you're immediately, you're perfected in butterflyhood. <laughs> Got to go through a process. Mm-hmm. Metamorphosis. The other two places where the word metamorpho is, it, one is in... Uh, Romans 12, 2, where it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind. And so one of the ways that we're, we're sanctified and we get into our experience, who we already are, is by renewing our minds. And, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. The, the, other, the other place this word appears is in 2 Corinthians 3.18, where Paul writes, and this is a, a great scripture, he says, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, say the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, are being metamorphosed into the same image from glory to glory. Or, or one version says, from one degree of glory to another degree. So it's progressive. This, this, this sanctification, this, this uh, uh, releasing who we are, this, this becoming more Christ-like. And it says, from glory to glory, as by the Spirit of the Lord. He, he's doing it. It's by His Holy Spirit. Now, the, so there's, there's two main ways to be sanctified and that I, I want to talk about. One is mind renewal. The other is beholding his glory. And we need both of them. You know, if we're just a beholder without mind renewal, we'll probably think everything we feel is true. That feels this true. It's got to be true. Now, not everything we feel is true. Feelings don't validate truth. They just validate what we believe is true. <laughs> Feelings don't validate truth. They just validate what we believe is true. But if we're a mind renewer without being a beholder, we're probably into formulas uh, we probably lack intimacy with the Lord, and we're probably not in touch with our own emotions. And most of us, well, you know, we're, we're either going to lean one side or the other. We're going to lean more to be a beholder or a mind renewer. Now, my wife, she is a classic beholder. I mean, she's, oh, my. And... I mean, and, the, and both of us, we used to scare each other. She said, Steve, the letter kills. I said, well, I just do what the Bible says. Here's three points out of the word. Just do it. <laughs> she says, I don't do three points. I need an encounter. <laughs> a lot of amens. I, 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 amen. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, a fellow beholder said amen. <laughs> so I would scare her because it, it was it, there was a disconnect. 
yeah, there's truth. But she would scare me because, you know, she's arcing and sparking in the Holy Spirit. I'm saying she'd talk about her encounters. I'd say, where's that in the word? That's scary. Don't tell me anymore. I don't want to hear anymore. But then we began that we had that we honored each other. We actually figured out we need each other, and we've influenced each other. And, and so just uh, this, this, this beholding piece is so powerful, to be metamorphosed, to be transformed. And what's, what's fascinating, it, it says, we behold him as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, into the same image as what we're beholding. And and I'm transformed through worshiping specific aspects of God's nature. Tonight in worship, I was was beholding Him uh, as the restorer of my soul. I was just beholding Him as the restorer. Thank you, Lord. You're the one. You, you, you're, you're the one that heals the brokenness in my heart. Thank you. I, I worship you tonight as that. I see you as that. And what, what's so fascinating is that I get metamorphosed, transformed into that image to where I become, that's what's my nature, I become a restorer of other people's souls. I not only get restored myself, I actually start functioning in that gifting. It's transformation. Last night in worship, what's so fun about this trip is we get to worship at a lot of good meetings. Whew. Man. You know, Jesse, I'm concerned if I have another worship service like tonight that I may have an Enoch experience. <laughs> Steve went to Indiana and was no more. <laughs> Last night, I worshiped him as my father. Wow. And just thank you, Lord. And I just was it's just seeing him and beholding him as father. Oh, wow. Fathers give identity. Fathers protect. Fathers provide. Uh, fathers give good gifts to their children. And just, and, and just I, I, I'm, getting, and, and, and I'm getting transformed, metamorphosed into the same image of, 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 of being a father. Uh, of releasing that. And so as we, as we think about, okay, wow, that, that we, we, we can change and be transformed. And by the way, I just want to honor those just who are called into worship, those who help us behold. And, and, and I'm, I'm hearing that the Lord, even as I'm talking, the Lord is, is releasing even a greater revelation on you tonight, and in your own personal worship is going to go to a level you never knew existed. Something, something's happening, and it's going to create this, this dynamic of people getting caught up and beholding Him, and not, not just feeling good in worship, but literally seeing Him, seeing Him. Whew. The, the other, this, this mind renewal thing, we need them both. Man, and, and 
uh, I used to only renew my mind. And just, by the way, Romans 12, 2 is talking about positive mind renewal. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the way, I like to laugh at lies. Can you guys just warm up your laughers? <laughs> I'm concerned the first row, the laughers may overheat. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just concerned about these. <laughs> Second Corinthians 10, 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to pulling down strongholds. Laughter is a weapon that helps pull down strongholds in our thinking. Because when we're able to laugh at the lies that uh, create our negative strongholds, we disempower them. So let's, uh, uh, with that in mind, let's laugh at this lie. Romans 12.2 is actually a mistranslation. What it meant to say is be transformed by trying harder. <laughs> let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> the reason this isn't working is because you're doing the wrong thing. Uh-huh. No, the reason this isn't working is because you're believing the wrong thing. The, the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good behavior. It's moved forward by good beliefs. And I'm all for good behavior. People aren't going to trust you without integrity. But the question of the hour, though, is not, Lord, what should I do? The question of the hour is, Lord, what should I believe? What should I renew my mind with? That's the question. That is the superior question. What do you want me to believe about America? What do you want me to believe about what's going on in the world? What do you want me to believe about me? What do you want me to believe about Indianapolis? What do you want me to renew my mind with? Because the renewing the mind isn't just by reading the Bible or going to church. It's, it's saying, I'm not believing this anymore. I'm believing this. Now, I know it's talking about positive mind renewal, but the principle is, is that whatever we renew our mind with now will transform our, our future. Current mind renewal brings future experience, both positive and negative. And I used to only renew my mind with my feelings and past experience. That's all I came into agreement with. Yep. Uh, the region felt difficult for the gospel, and my experience was difficult. So I renewed my mind that this region is hard for the gospel. I, I came into agreement because of feelings and experience and rehearsed that belief in my mind, and, and, and current mind renewal creates future experience. And my experience was, it was difficult. See, I told you so, it's true. <laughs> the Lord said, yeah, it, it, it may be true for you, but it's not truth. It may be true for you, because you, that's, that's what you're believing for. But it's not truth. And, and, and so it's... Again, we don't deny our experience or feelings. We don't get our beliefs from them. Because if we get our beliefs from them, then we're stuck. 
to perpetuating what we're experiencing. That the nature of faith is that we, we believe something higher than what we're feeling and experiencing. That's faith. It's come to that. It's come to that. <laughs> I got to believe something higher than what I'm feeling and experiencing. And I, I used to only believe after I saw something was in my experience and feelings. The Lord says, yeah, we applaud that, Steve. That's really noble. You're a great man of fact. If I renew my mind with the truth, I radically influence nations. Just say that. I radically influence nations. Say it again. Say it louder. You'll transform your future into radically influencing nations. It'll work for everybody. Let's laugh at this lie, but it probably won't work for you. Ha ha. Because there's something uniquely wrong with you. Ha ha. I used to renew my mind with that lie all the time. It feels so true, man. There's something uniquely wrong with me. It's got to be true if it feels this true. Yes, amen. The Lord says, you want help with that one? I say, yeah, I do. He said, well, Steve, there's something uniquely wrong with everybody. That's why I sent Jesus. Get over it. To turn to your neighbor and say, get over it. <laughs> I remember, I mean, just even that, that hard for the gospel. I remember that when I go to Weaver, I pastor in Weaverville, California, uh, where Bill Johnson pastored and Danny Silk. I went there in 2001. And the first week I get there, someone comes up to me and says, this city is hard for the gospel. <laughs> and, you know, again, if I would have been passive, because I used to be passive, and faith comes by hearing, and, you know, that's both positive and negative. And if I, if I wouldn't have captured that thought, I would have renewed my mind with a lie. And, and, and I knew if I believed that my city is hard for the gospel, I'd be the biggest problem in my city. I'd be the regional principality. <laughs> I remember when I got the revelation, I was the only one who could stop me. And I was looking at me in the mirror, and I was tempted to rebuke me. <laughs> but I, I didn't do it because I didn't know what would happen. <laughs> yeah. Woo, yeah. 
Yeah, I know, that's a... <laughs> Be metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind. Wow, just a... And really, you know, one of the, the great ways to renew your mind is through declarations. Declarations are biblically-based faith statements about what's true that, that isn't in our experience yet or is not fully in our experience. They're biblically-based faith statements about what's true that's not in our experience or not fully in our experience. It's the Romans 4.17 principle where it says, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that are not as though they are. And so I remember just, you know, pastoring, and uh, this is early 90s. I'm, I'm in the middle of the state of Nevada, and I'm just believing a lot of lies. Just, yeah, I mean, the only time I thought right was when I was in a worship service or prayer meeting. Yep, amen. Waymaker. We didn't have that song then, but it's a good example. Even if I don't feel him working, he's working. Every time I sing, I start singing that, whoa, I, I slipped off. I thought he was only working if I saw him working. That's what I believed outside. That's what, that's what I normally believe. Well, then that's a problem. That's a problem because I'm renewing my mind with the wrong stuff. And, and, and the Lord says, what you, what you think after the meeting is more important than what you think in the meeting. And, I mean, this was not a convenient time for me to renew my mind radically. Matter of fact, I've never found a convenient time. It's never been convenient to be radically joyful or to radically renew my mind. It's always a reason why now is not a good time. <laughs> I said, Lord, um, how about this? I'll get better beliefs when things start getting better in my life. Is that okay with you? He said, no. That's not okay with me because that's not how this thing works. And there has to come a time where we, we start our thinking and our talking is higher than our experience and feelings. There has to come a time. And I, it, let's just laugh at some of the things during that season that were telling me I was a failure. Uh, I had a non-successful car. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. I had a non-successful salary and bank account. <laughs> yeah. My hair was starting to get non-successful. <laughs> My church size was not successful. Ha <laughs> ha. Ha ha. Let's give an extra laugh on that one. Ha <laughs> ha. I mean, it was just a bunch of stuff. And it was, it was in that time, he says... This is the time. And I, was, I read a quote by a guy named Francis Frangipan called, in a book called The Three Battlegrounds. And one of the battlegrounds is the mind. And he said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope 
Say glisten with hope. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I close the book. I become instantly discouraged. <laughs> it's a lot easier to blame the devil or my past or people or government. Whew. So then I prayed a dumb prayer. Oh, God, would you please show me? Every lie I'm believing. <laughs> that, was, that was stupid. Because I got the revelation, almost everything I believed in my life was a lie, and I was pastoring a church. Let's not laugh at that. <laughs> I can't laugh at that. That's, that's too painful. <laughs> I, I had good doctrine, but bad beliefs. Good doctrine, Jesus, God, authority of Scripture, salvation by faith, faith through grace alone. But I had bad beliefs about God, me, people, future, money, nation, region. I had bad beliefs. And, and it, was, it was that time I, I saw Romans 15, 13, where it says, now, say now. now. Wins now. Smart group here. <laughs> now, may the God of hope fill you. When? When the coronavirus is over? When you see manifest revival in your city? When? Now. When political unrest is over? When you overcome that personal weakness? When? Now. now. When your ministry is as big as you think it should be? Now. <laughs> no, now. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Hope's got two buddies who hang out with him. All joy and peace. They always come together. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you just start partnering with truth, and you get so much hope, you start abounding. <laughs> you become a delighter in the Lord. You get the Tigger anointing. <laughs> Nobody wants Pastor Eeyore. Now we always pastor Eeyore. Yep. <laughs> Greetings. I'm Pastor Eeyore. <laughs> I'm in part 85 of my series, Why Things Are Only Going to Get Worse.
If you boil Romans 15, 13 down to its essence, it's now may the God of hope fill you in believing. Start getting, start renewing your mind. Increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth and not lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with lies instead of truth. That's what I'm learning out in the desert. That's the indicator. That's how I can tell what I'm renewing my mind with. That changed my life. It changed my life. And then I started declaring things. Because that's really the, for me, it's, it's calling those things that are not as though they are. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. I start saying what God says about me. What he says I can do. Coming into agreement with who I already am and what I already have and getting it in my mouth. And... and because you can't change your life without changing how you talk. I remember he said, Steve, I want you to say, I radically influence nations. And I said, well, shouldn't I wait till I'm radically influencing nations before <laughs> I say it? Ha-ha. <laughs> he says, well... Uh, do you wait for an apple tree to have apples on it before you call it an apple tree? Uh, no. Even if it's too young to have apples, we're not confused about its identity. <laughs> Something's happening in this, this section here. I've been kind of concerned about this section the whole meeting. <laughs> Thinking they may need more ushers just to kind of, kind of hover around that section. <laughs> we're, not, we're not confused about its identity. He said, that's right, Steve. You don't get your identity out of what you've done. You get your identity out of what you're created to do. I'm created to influence nations. I'm created to have everywhere I go, revival breaks out. I'm created for miracles. I'm already perfected in all that stuff. And when I get it in my mouth, and by the way, I'm not making declarations to convince you. I'm making them to convince me. I'm not even telling you. I'm talking to me. Because my stronghold says, no, that's not true. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You are who your past says you are, Steve. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> you are who your feelings say you are, Steve. Let's laugh at that. Let's give an extra laugh. My strongholds. You know, you think about, because the only thing, nobody's past can stop them, but current beliefs can the past does not have the power in itself to stop anybody's future. But the conclusions that we've made based on the past, that does. And just as I wrap this up, and our team's going to come up in a moment, um, you know what gets me excited? I mean, I think about, I mean, there's so many things that get me excited. 
<laughs> but this thing, I've been perfected for, by one offering. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Man, oh man. And then I realized, wow, okay, I'm going to get into my experience who I already am. And it's through beholding and mind renewal. Uh, are, are the key things. But I look at Romans 12, 2, and I even look at 2 Corinthians 3, 18. There's no limit to how much I can be transformed. I mean, there's no limit to how much I can renew my mind, so there's no limit to how much I can be transformed. Someone's saying no limits. And I mean, God is an equal opportunity God. He is no respecter of persons, no respecter of cities, no respecter of churches. He hasn't predestined you for mediocrity. And when we begin to understand this and understand, wow, there is no limits. Just say no limits. Somebody who's hearing this, there, there is just literally, there's an explosion going on in your thinking right now. Someone's brain, I remember I was in Chicago, someone said, that, someone said their brain actually moved when I was talking, they felt it move when I was talking about mind renewal. And, and we, we first, we surrender our hearts Romans 12.1, but then we surrender our beliefs. And we make sure there's beholding and that we are a beholder as well. And I see this in this region. I see God is just releasing supernatural grace on you. To behold and to renew your mind. There's people in this region who are going to go to the headwaters of both and find things that I've never seen nobody's ever seen, and, and it's, it's going to change everything. We're going to get into our experience, everything that Jesus won for us. You guys receive this? If you receive it, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me tonight. It was supernatural. It's going to increase, and it's going to influence the nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him a shout of praise. Yay! Woohoo! Someone say freedom. Say fire. Breakthrough. No limits. Uh, hey, if you guys got kids, this is a great time to get your kids. They're going to release the workers right now. So we're going to bring my team on up, but the children's workers are, are, are done. So if you want to go, you can go out that door. Yep. All right. Team, we got to come on up. Yep. Welcome them. Yes. Do we have another microphone? We need another microphone. And this is exciting.
These guys, you know what, what I've asked them to do? I've asked them to pray about you and to pray about Yeah, you can bring the kids in here too. Yep. They, we, want, we want the kids. All right, so Rachel, everybody say hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Got a couple questions for you. Rachel, where are you from? From, came from Reading with Steve, but originally from New York, upstate New York. Yep, and what are you passionate about? I am passionate about family, healthy marriages, and seeing people walk in the fullness of what God has for them. And what have you overcome or are overcoming? Uh, first, fear, um, perfectionism, work in progress there. Uh, there was a time where I felt trapped in a box where I wasn't completely uh, myself, and God busted open that box, and then living under shame and guilt. Wow. Some good things overcome. All right, you, got, you just got some words. Why don't you just, uh, some, some of those, yeah, those one-liner things that you've prepared, some and I know just of what you see happening in the room or this region. So I heard that it's a night of awakening and commissioning. I saw swords being placed in hands that are unlocking assignments. I heard there's an acceleration coming to dreams you have, and in particular with starting businesses. And I actually saw someone um, starting carpentry work, and the Lord's giving you designs on how to build furniture. I want to stop you there. When I was praying I, 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 during worship, I heard there's revival amongst the construction workers in this region. And that carpentry thing is confirmation. All right. God is healing shoulders, sinus issues, and lingering issues related to COVID. And there's progressively going to be more testimonies of healing this month and beyond. He's mending the relationship between two brothers. I heard there's supernatural grace and strategies being released to teach children, and I see a team being formed, and through this, teachers will be sent out to China and Japan, and transformation will take place in cities because of that. Read that one again. There's supernatural grace and strategies being released to teach children, and I see a team of teacher, teachers being formed, and from that, teachers will be released to China and Japan and they'll see transformation in cities from that. See increased boldness coming to people to reach the loss and spe a specific connection with the college coach that's going to lead to revival on the college campus. Read that one again. I hear that there's increased boldness coming to people to reach the loss, and in particular a connection with the college coach that is going to open doors, um, which will lead to revival on a college campus. I heard that there's a mentorship program that will be started that will be instrumental in decreasing depression and suicide among young people in this city, this region, actually. And last one I'll share is I heard that there's going to be a worship movement coming out of this region, and that will lead to people being sent to the nations. Woo, you guys received that. All right, everybody say hi, Vico. Hey, where are you from? I'm from Mexico City. Yes. yes. And how long have you and Rachel been married? Uh, we're going to celebrate four years. Four years. Yes. Powerful. And what are you passionate about? I'm passionate about leadership and uh, transform um, culture. And what have you overcome or are overcoming? I think the biggest one is the fear of man. 
The fear of man. Yep. Yep. Powerful. What do you got? Well, <clears throat> as I was praying, I, I, I feel that the very part that began when this. Oh. Can you hear? <laughs> All right. So as I was praying, <clears throat> I hear that prophetic art is being released on this room and uh, <clears throat> naturally will turn in a big blessing, not just financially, but it's also they're going to bring a revival on the, on the, uh, in the art community. Um, I hear also that God has empowered people in the medical field to start the missionary work uh, and actually, it, people who's going to go uh, to the Amazon jungle, uh, God is going to provide in a supernatural way an airplane and a, and a pilot also. <laughs> um, I hear Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a key verse, so verse to start business. And actually, I get, I hear that they're gonna, uh, the the favor of God is gonna be so powerful, so ridiculous that it's gonna give, it's gonna, it's gonna make like explosion. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be something that you're gonna just start out of nowhere and 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 gonna feel the the power of God. It's like you're gonna come with a, with some kind of an idea of a business that is already on the market, like a water bottles, that God is going to give you favor over that and going to make it look like you are the only one in the market making that kind of product. It's going to be so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Somebody say it's ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous like, just imagine this. And a moose, you know, big horns, big body, moose walking on the stage, just turn to you and smile. <laughs> Walk out. In the same way that that is so ridiculous, <laughs> God is going to release favor over you. So, Father, right now, I release, we receive, Lord, your blessings. We receive your favor over government, over society, over the schools, over, uh, over the church. We receive, Lord, your favor to, to influence the nation, to influence the city, to influence wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. We got the other microphone. This we need to share. Okay, all right. Because I wanted to interview this guy, but go. <laughs> um, I'm from Texas. Yeah, from Texas. My name is Michael. Uh, my passions are creativity, flow, um, and just really awakening in people the authenticity of why you were born and connecting with that, and knowing that this is a uh, your thumbprint is an indicator of your significance, and you have an internal thumbprint, and helping people see that, find that, and live that out to its fullest extent. Yeah. And what were you doing before you came to Reading? 
I was a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in this season, just really just stepping into, I was so used to in my past just kind of pushing things from the stage off and being comfortable with not being it, and then the Lord just really increased favor, and I'm just trying to learn how to actually take that position, and so it's still a process, but uh, yeah, I had somebody call me out and say I needed to get past false humility, and that false humility was me trying to be humble by staying away from the stage, but when God gives you the favor to step into something, true humility is stepping into what he's called you to step into, and so, um, all right, so some of the one-liners that I heard the Lord say is, I see arches being restored in people with flat feet. I see ligaments and tendons in the right ankle being restored right now. Strategic prophetic giftings are being unlocked tonight. Dreams and visions of innovation are being ignited to revolutionize industries. Divine business ideas are being imparted in your worship sets. So pay attention in the middle of the worship set. It's a divine portal, a fiber optic cable from heaven. Uh, This atmosphere is supercharged with reformation. And reformers are being awakened to the fullness of who they are. John 7.38 is going to transform someone's thinking tonight. John 7.38 is going to transform someone's thinking tonight. John 7.38 is going to transform someone's thinking tonight. Acts 2.17 is a now scripture. Yeah, that's my (laughs) one-liners. Yeah, um, you know, I was praying to the Lord. The Lord said, you know, your hotel room number is going to be important. So we arrive in Coldwater. The hotel is three stories high, and I end up in room 217. We leave there this morning, arrive here. I arrive at a hotel that's four stories high, and they give me room 217. Matter of fact, is there anybody in this room with a birthday that's February 17th? An anniversary that's February 217th. All right. Your sister? Yes. We bless. I, I bless her with a double portion. Yes. Dreams, visions, impartations, insight. Yes. Mother. Oh, you're my, I bless her too. Double. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, you know, as you heard, I was a chiropractor, came from Texas, kind of had that stripped. Uh, Not stripped, I just got there, got to Reading, thought I was going to open up a practice, and the Lord was like, "Mm mm-mm, that's not what you're here for. So I went through this identity crisis. Someone would say, what do you do? And a man would always say what he did was who he was is basically what he did. I tell him I was a chiropractor, felt I couldn't say that because I wasn't practicing at the moment. And the Lord just had to take me through this moment where he taught me, you know, you're, you're a son. And that everything comes out of sonship. So here I am in this thing asking the Lord, what am I going to do? What am I, what's going to happen? I fall asleep. But I had gotten into this idea of just, you know, dreaming with the Lord. And I'd ask him questions before I'd fall asleep. Well, that night I fell asleep and I woke up in the morning. <sighs> I felt good. 
You know, it's, it's one of those mornings when you wake up and it's the most amazing sleep you ever had. You're ready to tackle the world. You think you could do anything. You're thinking so clearly. It's everything's firing on all cylinders. And I walk to the, I walk to the restroom, come back, get ready to make a, a, a cup of coffee. And the Lord says, look at the clock. I do. It's 1.45 a.m. in the morning. I was like, there is no way I'm so awake and alive. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I know from this that you want to, you want to say something to me. And right when I say that, he says, from my rest will come your roar. And that phrase hit me so hard, it felt like it was just reverberating. I felt like I, I, I was a, a pond of water. He threw a rock in it, and it was rippling through me. So I laid back down in bed, and I kept pondering, from my rest will come your roar. From my rest will come your roar. And I fell asleep. When I fell asleep, I went into a dream or a vision of the night. And I saw myself painting on black canvases. And as I was painting on the black canvases, they started to shoot all around the world, and doorways started opening, and I was standing on platforms as I am now. I was walking into CEOs' offices. I was walking into churches. I was walking into schools. I was walking into about every doorway you could possibly think of, and art was hanging in different places. And it culminated at the end with me painting a white roaring lion on a black canvas. And when I woke up, it was 6.30 in the morning, and I just knew I had to start painting. Mind you, I'd never painted. And so I woke up that morning, and I told my, my wife, I said, I've got to start painting. And she goes, what do you mean? So I just, I told her the dream. She's like, okay, all right. So I, I, I'm chomping at the bit, and I'm ready to go, and then realize, you know, Michael's or Hobby Lobby doesn't open until 9. And so I'm, like, waiting around. So finally, I finally get in the car, and I go. I buy a canvas, and I paint the white roaring lion, I, or attempt to paint a white roaring lion on a black canvas. And I hear the Lord say, if you'll give yourself to it. And... I've almost been painting for two years now, and I have paintings hanging in different locations around the world. It's actually how I'm making a living now. And I just want to impart to you that, <laughs> you know, you may be like Colonel Sanders. It didn't start it until it was after 60. The Lord can awaken a dream, and he can impart a dream. He can start a dream, and he can revolutionize everything. And nothing that you've ever done in the past is wasted. He'll still use it. Because he speaks to me about the bride through the way I took care of the body and understanding it holistically. And I can walk into a room and I can see competition and I know it's an autoimmune disease. And the Lord's eradicating that out of his body because he's wanting to reconnect her so he can bring the healing to the nations. And so I just want to impart grace to you right now to dream with the Lord. You know, in Genesis it said that there was evening and then there was morning, day one. Your day with God starts at evening. It starts with the dreaming. It starts with the moment you say, hey, I got questions. You've got answers. And I'm ready to fall asleep so you can move things from an unconscious realm to a conscious realm. Out of, out of something where I'm not aware of to, boom, I wake up and all of a sudden I'm aware of it and I can walk in something. And he's revealing divine thumbprints right now. Give the Lord thanks for that. Wow. Give him thanks. Man, I mean, that's so powerful on so many levels. A, a night encounter. Thank you, Lord, for night encounters. Thank you, Lord, for unlocking gifts in us that we didn't even know we had. Thank you, Lord, that there's people in this room two years from now uh, are going to be doing something totally different or add a new feature uh, onto what's, what's already in your life. Thank you, Lord, for the supernatural. Thank you that we can make a difference. We don't need to be on a platform preaching or leading worship to actually change the world. 
Hey, we're going to do something tonight in closing. I'm going to give away a few books. Then we're going to do what's called a fire tunnel. Yeah, and, and you know, when I first saw fire tunnels, I was troubled and uncomfortable. A fire tunnel or a joy tunnel or an impartation tunnel, whatever you call it, you've got two rows of people facing each other about three feet apart. They create a tunnel of blessing, and then the rest of you will walk through the tunnel, and those in the tunnel, they believe they're imparting uh, just, just the presence, the glory, the healing of God, a refreshing breakthrough. It's not, they're not going to stop you and prophesy over you for five minutes. We, we kind of want to keep people moving. You don't need to go fast, but if you can just keep moving, that's one, that's one of the goals in, in this. Some may not make it through, and we'll need a spiritual tow truck to tow you out. Others of you won't feel anything, uh, but you're still receiving. Hey, I want to give away a few books. So, team, what I'm going to do is I'll mention a book, and then you're going to go out and just uh, as you feel led. This is my latest book, Igniting Hope in 40 Days. I, the first book Wendy and I wrote is Igniting Faith in 40 Days. So this is our most current content on hope, latest revelations. How many of you know we need some hope? And so this is, this is a, uh, just a fun devotional. Uh, it'll change your life. We've got on our Igniting Hope Academy platform a 40-day thing you can do with us where I give you a video every day as well. And so, Michael, find somebody out there that you want to give that to. And then I, I just uh, I wrote a book years ago with my brother Phil. He's Dr. Phil Backlund. He's the other Dr. Phil He's got a speech, he's uh, got a PhD in speech communication, and we wrote The Culture of Empowerment, uh, my strongest leadership book, and then we just finished a, a uh, organization, business and organizational version of the book where we took the Christianese out of the book, and with, but has the same principles for business owners who want to just, uh, with teams, maybe have non-Christians, uh, and this will be, this is just a great book for anybody who wants to uh, just uh, create a greater healthy leadership under you. And, and yeah, my Bill Johnson, it's, uh, his, his quote really fuels these empowerment books. My goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. And then lastly, this is a revised version. I think I had this last year of my book, Victorious Mindsets, that renewing of the mind, again, it's not by osmosis, it's by believing. Because one of the greatest revelations we can get is we can choose what to believe. I can choose what to believe about me, you, my region, my nation, my future. So this is a, a good book. Book table back there. Jesse, are you going to help lead this? By the way, I just want to bless you just as a father in this movement. And I know many of you look to Bethel Church uh, just for connection and covering. And uh, I just, uh, just, just bless you. And I'm proud of you guys. And I'm thankful for you. And it just, uh, it's such an honor to come and just to speak and just also to partake. Man, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's something happening here. 
Man, oh man, I feel it. I feel it. And, and, and just the quality of leadership that you have in this region is, is just so strong. And I believe Indianapolis is truly one of the most key spots of what God's doing. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus and release an irrevocable blessing. Awesome. You guys give Steve a big thanks for coming tonight. Was that a blessing or what? And give Steve's team a hand. They were amazing tonight. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Overflow Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy.